you can start to think about what do we want to leave behind? You know, we say in, in Creative Agent International, we say, if you fall in love with your older self, then you'll start to build the world that you want your grandchildren to age in. Welcome to Zestful Aging, where I interview inspiring and influential guests who are making their mark on the world and contributing to the common good. Making your mark, big or small, is creating your legacy, and it's one of the proven ways we can age with energy and deep contentment. Successful Aging Podcast is my legacy. I'm your host, Nicole Christina, psychotherapist and fellow Zestful Ager. And to find out more about this podcast, my web courses, and my brand new book, Not Just Chatting, How to Become a Master Podcast Interviewer, hop on over to ZestfulAging.com. And while you're there, sign up for my monthly email newsletter, The Insider, where you will get behind-the-scenes looks at my interviews and other fun tips. Bits. Our music is courtesy of Judy Banker. Find out more at judybanker.com. Ever wonder what the host of Zestful Aging does when she's not podcasting? Creating one-of-a-kind earrings, of course. I've just opened an Etsy shop called Zestful Design, no S, and it showcases my fun, comfortable, and zesty polymer earrings. These earrings are fun to make and fun to wear. So check out my new shop, Zestful Design, on Etsy. Well, you know, I've got my little loyal Jack Russell Sparky right by my side and my new puppy Frankie causing havoc upstairs. So let's begin. I don't know about you, but I am so ready for some good news. My guest today is an advocate for justice in all of its forms and has been creative in bringing health promoting programs to people who are particularly vulnerable. Dominic Campbell is the co-founder of Creating Aging International, using celebration as a strategy for transformational change around the world. Pandemic initiatives include aging voices, connecting across community, healthcare, and civic agencies to reduce isolation and facilitate unlockdown, and a national, a nationwide localized arts program for the Irish Hospice Foundation to process grief and loss through making meaning. He's an inaugural fellow of the Global Brain Health Institute, an Atlantic Fellowship, and a Next Avenue key influencer on aging and a board member of Africa's Arts in Medicine Fellowship. Welcome to the show, Dominic. Thank you. Very nice to be here. I am so delighted to be able to talk to you. Um, you have done so much interesting work um, in Europe, particularly. And I'm curious, what gave you the idea to use celebration as a means of promoting better health for older people? I guess it's one of those things that you grow into over time. So uh, in my 20s and 30s, I would have done very big spectacles and loud things with fireworks. And uh, at one point, I ended up running St. Patrick's Festival, Ireland's national celebration of 
Irishness, the global celebration of, of being Irish, the center of the world for Irish people on March the 17th. And one of the things that I did within that festival was commission artists and uh, creatives to work particularly with young people and children who lived in difficult zip codes. You know, they'd have challenging lives and things, but they'd dress as a king and a queen on March the 17th and they'd walk through the middle of Dublin and they would own the city. Mm. And it's not a huge jump from there to thinking about how arts and creativity change the way that you think about yourself and you think about yourself in the world. And so I've always had uh, work of that sort throughout my whole life and then gradually I stepped into doing it more and more and that really led me to the Bieltana festival and lots of things grew from there. Mm. Were you a, a creative child, an artistic child? Uh, yeah, I'd be drawing and I'd be singing very badly and I'm an awful <laughs> guitarist, I'm just the world's <laughs> worst, but I really enjoy it and I guess I was lucky that I had uh, supportive people around me who just uh, let me kind of play with the fun of it. And then I ended up eventually going to art college. And actually, when I was in my late teens and 20s, when I went to college, it was the role of making things to make sense of the world. That when you move words on a page to make a poem, you're, you're investing those words with emotional meaning. And if you rearrange the words, you're kind of rearranging your emotions. And that became very much a part of the work that I do with Creative Aging International. It just gradually got bigger. Mm. It, you know, tell me if I'm wrong about this, but it seems like... Uh, at least historically in Ireland, there's been space for making art. There's been support for making art and a real appreciation for its value. Do you think you would have been the same person or maybe this is kind of an obvious, of course not, mm. but is part of this being Irish and appreciating the, great, the value? So I think in any community, so at the moment, for instance, we work in Dublin, we work in Nigeria, we work in Scotland, we work in Louisville and Kentucky, we work in San Francisco, we work occasionally in Australia. Every single country, every single culture, every single community has some creative spark sitting around. I think Ireland's great genius is about conviviality. It's about uh, talking. It's about sitting around and having the chats and being really mm -hmm. curious about visitors and not making people afraid. And that hosting element uh, is a really big part because if people are afraid of something, they shy away from it. If whether that's the, you know, the bogey thing under the bed when you're a child or the idea of getting older. So part of what we do is celebrate aging because it's about saying, look, this happens. If we're really, really lucky, we get to be older. What does that mean? Mm -hmm. What could that be? Can you give me some examples of how you um, captured that notion that aging is not something to be afraid of? Sure. Uh, well, I'm sitting in Dublin, Ireland, talking to you at the moment. Um, and in 2006, I started working with an Irish NGO called Asian Opportunity and building what became the Bieltana Festival which is now a nationwide celebration of creativity as we age. And the festival at the very beginning uh, was quite small. It was made by 
community groups or arts organizations or even GPs who thought there was a different kind of story to tell about the way that we grow older. And gradually that's grown. So uh, when, I, when I left that in a kind of daily basis in 2014, it was three and a half thousand events during May made by about 11% of the population over the age of 65 in Ireland. And within that three and a half thousand events would be things like the Dawn Chorus, where older people and choirs or older people's groups and choirs uh, spent a month or two learning songs together. Um, and then they got up ridiculously early at dawn to go and sing on a beach or a waterfront mm -hmm. or by a canal. Mm -hmm. And so the older adults were part of the community. They were central to the creation of that event. Or it might be uh, a picture series, series of photographs of, of the real lives of older adults, good and bad for people over 65, 70, 75, 80, 90, 95. And uh, when you start to put those in a public gallery and walk between them, you see different ways of that you might grow older. Or it might be story work, life story work. I'm constantly amazed by the people that I meet because I'm really lucky. I get to meet people who they've had full lives. They've had children, they've had marriages, they've had bad things happen, they've had good things happen. And each person is a living library. And each person is a living library who are still making new volumes. They're still making new stories even if they're 104, even if they're 103, even if they're over the centenary, um, because we live until we die. So a lot of what we do with the celebration work is we use the celebratory work, the creative work, the art story to, to open up the narratives, to look at all the challenges and questions. But at the same time, we're starting to connect organizations and agencies and industries in some cases and researchers in other cases uh, to look more clearly about what contemporary aging is and how rich it is. We think it's amazing. We think the fact that you can live longer is a sign of a really good society as well as a good healthcare system. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the thing that's uh, very different maybe about your work is there's a lot of pieces that also include brain health um, and looking at dementia. Yeah, so, so normally when, you know, often when I go to a conference or I was on a call this afternoon and we're talking about old age and older age and people go straight to all the negative things. They talk about illness. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. you know, and, and that's a part of old aging. You know, our bodies change shape. We, things become difficult. Uh, old age is in part always living with loss, whether that is the loss of your family and friends or you know I can't run up the stairs like I used to mm -hmm. I can't eat the food I used to and in the great words of Leonard Cohen I ache in the places that I used to play mm. so um so things like Alzheimer's which is you know a disease of the brain which is associated with aging it's prevalent in older people that's a very big uh issue and concern and the thing that we really have to embrace and think about and what we're learning through the work that we do for instance with the global brain health institute is firstly we need to listen with people with with diagnosis because actually the way that people live with diagnosis is often richer or more complex or you know amazing things happen to people when they have a brain injury and mm -hmm. some of those things are not necessarily uh, 
terrible. The other thing is we need to separate the disease of Alzheimer's from the natural process of aging. And perhaps we need to talk about the really difficult stage of dying and death, because the more that we don't talk about it, the more we become afraid of it. And mm -hmm. the more we become afraid of it, the bigger a bogeyman, the bigger a monster it becomes in our imaginations. Mm -hmm. So you really just want to get all everything out in the open or sort of to the bring it out to the light of day, talk about all aspects of this very natural process. Yeah. And when we, you know, that's, that's one of the great things about the arts and creativity. So if I try and have a conversation with my mum about her dying and she's 82, that might not go down particularly well. That might be a bit harsh. She might find that tricky. But if we're sitting listening to a piece of music, or better actually, if we're watching a film, we talk about the film. And the film might be about issues of older age, or it might be about dying. And so we can have a conversation through that piece of work, through the artwork, about the artwork. But actually what we're doing at the same time is talking about those difficult and complicated things. And sometimes those things are just too complicated to put into words. So it's easier to kind of dance it out or it's easier to move paint around on a page or to, to, to create something ourselves that helps us navigate our own life. So a, a lot of what happens in, in older life, in older age, is really about adapting. It's about mm -hmm. adaptation and, and resilience. And I think in that case, maybe the arts are as useful as, as pharmacology, they're as useful as medicine. Mm -hmm. Was there a particular film that you and your mom watched that was helpful in this way? Uh, the film Up, the, the Pixar film Up, mm -hmm, the, mm -hmm. the animation, that's a fantastic movie. If people haven't seen it, go have a look. It's a really funny, bright, interesting uh, story about an older man it's also about his dog it's also about loons it's also it's a lovely watch and uh and it it brings some really uh interesting subjects and challenging subjects to people in a really easy and accessible way i'd really recommend that mm -hmm. did your mom enjoy it too she did she's forever she thinks i'm like the dog you know she thinks i have <laughs> the attention span of the dog Oh, see, with squirrel, squirrel. Yeah, squirrel, squirrel, that's me. Just new shiny uh, thing, hey. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And uh, do your parents also, um, uh, are they involved in some of these creative uh, works? Are they also doing, I know you, you talked about sort of putting paint on the page or singing or other kinds of arts. Are they also involved in that? Well, my dad died, so... Uh, not anymore. And my dad spent mm -hmm. like 10 years with a stroke and Alzheimer's and vascular dementia. Mm -hmm. And you'd think that, no, he wouldn't really be involved in any arts and creative work. But actually, one of the things that brought a spark to his eye was music. He was a big fan of Roy Orbison. And oh, if I'd put on really? a Roy Orbison tune, yeah, his mind would kind of like spark up. And occasionally, you know, sometimes he might have the odd word or two, or it would just lift his spirits. So uh -huh. I guess, yeah, even in that kind of difficult space, uh, arts and creativity and listening to music or sometimes playing it, it was really great. My mum, 
my mum's always been a maker, but she's been a maker in a really practical sense. She's, uh, she likes fixing things. She likes sewing. And she likes mm -hmm. what happens when her hands are busy because it settles her head. And mm -hmm. so that part of what is definitely a big part of my, my mum's world. You know, she's a, not so much now because she's slightly arthritic, but she was a big knitter. She loves um, weaving. She loves uh -huh. like tapestry and uh, when she could do the fine work, she'd love to do it. But now what she likes to do is see it. So, you know, a good day for my mum is going with her friends and, and looking at an exhibition of lace making maybe and, mm -hmm. uh, and chatting with her friends. And, you have yeah. quite a tradition of that. Fantastic tradition. It's, mm -hmm. it's a great tradition which often kind of started here and is, is very much linked with... Um, you know, people tell the story of Irish migration and they tell it through the story of men. They talk about the men that built the railroad or gangs in New York. But what happened at the same time is many women travelled from Ireland to the US back in, you know, the famine times with a piece of lace. And the piece of lace was a handkerchief. And the piece of lace was also a map about how to make the next piece of lace. And so you could unpick one piece of lace in order to figure out how to make the next one. And there's direct lines and linkages between uh, lace making in Ireland and lace making as it grows across the states, and it was an economic way to survive. And uh, there's all sorts of really kind of fun stuff in that, and that's very much part of the tradition of that. That tradition is very much part of what we do. It's about how do ideas get carried through objects or through making things together or through celebration. Mm-hmm. Mm. -hmm. mm. Hi listeners, a quick interruption to tell you about a powerful tool I actually rediscovered after 15 years that will help you with stress, anxiety, and depression. I'm talking about the meditations from Health Journeys created by trauma expert Bella Ruth Napperstack. When I had to have major surgery many years ago, I listened to these meditations and it was enormously helpful. Health Journeys meditations are a little different than the run-of-the-mill meditations that you can find on apps. They're scientifically created and are used in over three thousand hospitals. I highly recommend them and I use them myself. You can go to zestfulaging.com or nicolechristina.com and you will see a direct link. I hope you find them helpful and I'm interested in your experience. Now back to the show. So what are the creative things you like to do uh, besides make these beautiful <laughs> Yeah. these beautiful festivals. I make the festivals. I guess all the festivals kind of grow from, from small places, really. So quite often they grow from me sitting with a pen and a sketchbook or me reading books. And I, and I think about the creative work that we do as um, made by, made with, or made for. So so sometimes you know, we're, we're creating things for other people. So that could be baking a cake or making a meal or it could be redecorating a house or painting a mural or making a frock or making a big exhibition or it's made for people. Uh, sometimes we, we 
we make things with and make things with is really about a conversation so theatre is always made with it's always you know the writer sits down with the art actors and the actors sit down with the musicians and the state and it's a collective exploration and when you work uh with older people you're also looking at things like well you know how do people get here how do they spend their day here uh when we did the aging voices work that began last year we were looking at choirs and choirs are amazing things if you're a part of one go join a choir if you're Mm not um but as you get older, it sometimes becomes more difficult either to stand up for two hours while you're singing at a rehearsal or to read the notes. Or you just need a little bit of support so that you can kind of stay part of that choir. And so we looked at singing in choirs, special choirs, choirs for people with Alzheimer's and dementia. We looked at singing in hospital and we looked at these amazing singing projects that knit together uh, local support and services and so when you ask me you know, what what art form do I get involved with I kind of get involved with all of it at this point and really interested in what people make and how they make it who gets to make things what where when and why as my friend Liz Lerman the dancer says mm-hmm. that's so interesting in a world that is more and more uh, you know I think about tech and how many people support themselves without really making anything it, it is we the pandemic has been amazing for this we spent so much time on screens but i miss uh you know if you think about my mom again when she's knitting her head settles down when she's knitting when her hands are doing something her brain settles down you know i, I know from the the neuroscience work i do your brain is connected to your body i check <laughs> they're not much good on their own <laughs> so we you know you can you can you stimulate your brain through through your hands you stimulate your brain through dancing like the, there's a great piece of research it's quite old now from the Washington University from Gene Cohen who said uh the arts are like chocolate for the brain they oh are my goodness, that's lovely beautiful. chocolate for the brain You know, and and I'm sure you're familiar with the research on handcrafts and staving Mm -hmm. off depression and anxiety. Yeah, all of that stuff. So in -hmm. the big festivals, what happens is that the program is made of all of those pieces. So there would be dance classes, there'd be workshops, there'd be crafting, there'd be alongside, you know, the international artists. And I used to think about it, still do, I suppose, as geography. So... When I'm planning a festival, it's it's it, how can you get involved if your world is as big as the table on your hospital bed, and what can you do there? And or if you can make it to the common room in the in the residential care setting, or to the village hall, or to the big art center, or even if you're, you know, an eighty or a ninety year old like Simone Forty who, you know, is invited to go on tour and to be an international art superstar so all of those things when you put them in in the program of a festival when they sit next to each other uh they they are a, a way of showing how rich a life can be regardless of the age that you're at and they're what we dip in and dip out of you know it's it's like a putting together a festival program like that is putting together a really good meal so if you only eat cream if you only eat the rich food all the time it gets dull. You get bored. Mm. 
So you need all sorts of the different elements and those different elements make up a rich life. And the way that we come at that is by making things. You know, it's interesting. I'm also a knitter and I really appreciate all of what you're saying. And it reminds me of something a friend of mine told me. We had a knitting group pre-pandemic and it was women of all different backgrounds, um, ages, and there's something magical that happens. And I, I'm sure, you know, I know there's research mm -hmm. on community and affiliation and handcrafts, but it seems like there's something more. And even for someone who likes to use a lot of words, <laughs> I don't know <laughs> if I've quite found the actual word for it but it, you know we can say oh it, it's just a sense of community but it's almost magical what happens when you're sitting in a room together and you're you're coming together for just this love of this thing that's not necessary i could buy socks at my local <laughs> store for one one hundredth of what i pay in yarn and and my time um, but there's something that just transcends the, the, the pieces. One of my friends talks about it as the value of a, of a gift. And uh, he says, you, you get great pleasure in making something. It's just making something is a pleasurable thing in itself. You know, is this mm -hmm. the best sock I can make? And then the second pleasure is that you give it to someone else. And that's a pleasure in itself. And the third pleasure is that the joy that they get in receiving it. And that's their gift back to you mm -hmm. and that that cycle of pleasure and gifting is such a lovely thing and you know quite often as you get older people say well you know i'm i'm tired because i i just feel i'm invisible and creating something and putting it into that gift cycle is a way of becoming visible again it's a way of people seeing you and you know we, we always people so many people talk about the negative aspects of old age it's there's this amazing thing at the moment that there are so many old people that every child in America could have a grandparent every day. And I love that. I love the idea that if we start to think about it differently, um, mm -hmm. we can start to think about connection between generations. We can start to think about what do we want to leave behind. You know, we say in, in Creative Agent International, we say, if you fall in love with your older self, then you'll start to build the world that you want your grandchildren to age in. Mm -hmm. And those, the, the tools for doing that aren't, you know, they're, they're not a corporate return in the next quarter. They're not the three-year, four-year cycle of a government. They're about ideas and they're about compassion and they're about empathy and they're built, or they're, they're not built, they're propagated, I think. It's like gardening. We grow them through things like generosity and kindness and exchange. We grow them by making things. We grow them actually by, by through beauty and pleasure and joy. You know, it's funny, back to the knitting, it, it occurs to me that the love is knitted in. Beautiful. And yeah. when you give that, I, I'll tell you a little story. I just adopted a, there's a dog theme here, right? A little mm -hmm. puppy from Texas. And I'm in upstate New York, which, as you know, is a long way away. And through a set of circumstances, this foster mom came to New York to deliver this puppy for me, who's the sweetest little puppy ever. And I am currently knitting her socks. And there's something, she doesn't know this, but <laughs> there's something about just keeping this sort of connection with this mm. foster mom 
through these teeny teeny stitches these socks take a long time to make it's a very small <laughs> gauge yeah. Yeah. and there but there's something that seems important about it beyond hey you know it's nice to have hand knit socks and i think that's what you're talking about there's something about the humanity that it touches that i'm getting from from what you're describing definitely we think about solutions to you know people talk about the solution to the old age problem well firstly i don't think there's a problem in getting older i think it's fantastic i think the alternative is maybe not so hot and mm. but we think about technological solutions and sure technology helps you know the fact i can talk to you at distance is an amazing it's a miracle of technology mm. mm -hmm. but there are there are so many other things. There are there are human solutions. There are human to human solutions. There are solutions built on touch and connection. Or that's just beautiful the way you said that. They're built by a thousand tiny stitches, a thousand tiny actions. Lovely. Mm -hmm. What would you like to see? What's your ultimate, you know, sort of fantasy about where this could go? This this these particularly these particular ideas about. Mm. Uh, kindness, generosity, and connection. I think, so, so people tend to think about old, old age as some sort of separate country, you know, it, it, it's, or the things that I do, they're great for my mother or my auntie or my granny. But old age is just me and you, but later on. And if we can make things easier for, for people in their 90s or people at 100 or people who are 80, then actually we make things better and easier for everybody else. So that might be something like transport. It might be something as easy as slowing down traffic lights so people have more time to get across the road. It might be about having food readily available. It might be about having a community knitting group on the corner of every other street. Mm -hmm. So they're not big, complicated things. They require lots of people to sort of just try things out and see if they can make it work. And there are so many benefits that come from those small, tiny, creative, slightly innovative, well, what if we try that uh, attitude? And one of which is that people feel valuable. Mm -hmm. People want to contribute. Mm -hmm. That's that's it, right? That's the bottom line is having everybody at the table that everybody mm -hmm. feels valued. Mm. And we've got so many fantastic models and images of this in our heads you know that like a knitting socks is such a great kind of metaphor but also you know your ideal sunday lunch what does your ideal sunday lunch look like well everybody brings some food so that you don't have to cook for the last three days and everybody takes their dishes away so that you don't have to clean for the next five days mm. and everybody contributes and you know everybody has a story to tell or everybody's listened to so that idea of what makes a perfect Sunday lunch, what makes a perfect table? We can work towards that in lots of different ways. And it, wouldn't it be amazing if your your city was like a perfect Sunday lunch? Mm -hmm. mm. That's that's a wonderful metaphor. What's next for you? Are you the? I know you're working on brain health. Anything else that's um, lots of brain health? Yeah, lots, lots of, of fantastic health, things yeah. about about how we exercise our brains, how we make exercise in your brain uh, as, as, some, as regular as, as, we make brain health as regular as something like physical health. Mm -hmm. So what can we do? Because a lot of, something like 40% of all Alzheimer's is avoidable. 
you can kind of stave it off you can do things that keep your brain healthy and active for longer so there's that piece of work um, I'm doing some amazing work with the Irish Hospice Foundation which is all about um, loss and grief and bereavement and really difficult things and how we can work through arts and creativity to to do that uh, and that's particularly important as the pandemic is uh, changing shape and here it's easing I'm not sure in the states at the moment what it's doing but that work feels really really important um, and we're looking towards uh, really fun stuff we're we're doing some some lovely digital dance we're doing lots of uh, uh, digital singing at the moment which we're looking forward to getting people back into rooms where they can sing together that would be fantastic mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. And lots of supporting other people doing great things. There's some really amazing uh, radio programs coming up. Cheyenne Mee's out there in in, uh, Louisville and in Boston growing a radio program. Dance programs in San Francisco that are online that are stepping into the real world. Um, uh, There's a fantastic opera uh, at the really early stage called Alzheimer's, which is about... um, (laughs) Dana Warrath the opera it's a, about her mother's Alzheimer's uh, and there's the amazing Jake Broder's Unraveled which is um, it, a play and also a musical piece about uh, a diagnosis of frontal temporal dementia and uh, the music of Ravel and the connection between the two oh my goodness lots of great stuff lots of stuff wow it seems um uh, like endless of all the things you can think of, right? That all the creative ways that you can bring people together in the celebration. It's, it's like that Sunday table. So mm-hmm. if you make the Sunday table welcoming and open, then people come to it and they bring their own thing. Um, and yeah, at the moment, that's a lot of what we do. We think about what your table look like. Mm-hmm. Dominic, where's the best place for people to learn more about uh, Creative Aging International and, and the initiatives that are going on? Uh, creativeaginginternational.com is okay. our website, and there are links through that. It's going to get a lot shinier in about a month. Okay. So don't look at it now. It's having a bit of a dusting. Uh, uh-huh. And that's aging spelt in with the American e. way, with no E. Oh, no, no, no. E. We, okay. We like the efficiency of the no E. So Creative okay. Aging International. And from there, you'll find lots of links and bangs and whistles and ways. And, and great. That is lovely. Thank you so much for sharing this, uh, as you say, a different story about growing older. I really think our audience will resonate with it. And it's just so delightful to hear the positivity and the promise Um, It was so lovely speaking with you today. Thank you. Pleasure talking with you. Thank you so much for joining us on Zestful Aging. If you like the podcast, please share it with some of your friends. I love to hear from my listeners. Send me an email at NicoleChristina.com. It's no secret that everyone's feeling pretty restless and unsettled right now. Our lives are upside down and the future is feeling pretty uncertain. 
But if you're anything like me, organizing my stuff can help me feel a little calmer. It's something I can do to help me feel a little more in control and in charge of my own life. If you think decluttering could help you feel better and you could use a little assistance with that, check out the online course I've developed with professional organizer and designer Carrie Luteran. It's called Too Much Stuff. And Too Much Stuff is different from other courses or articles or guidance you may have used. We give you clear steps to deal with the clutter and the tools to help you face the overwhelming feelings and the emotions that come up when we're going through our clutter. And a lot of those emotions are just feeling anxious or guilty or just basically flooded with a lot of different confusing feelings. The course is really practical. It's realistic. The lessons are short and punchy, and they're really manageable. We're not trying to set you up for some long, exploratory, you know, super in-depth, burdensome experience. We want something really helpful for you right now. We all need help with our anxiety. So, Being surrounded by more calm and less chaos can really help. So now's a good time to clear out the clutter so we can focus on what's really important in our lives. So find out more at zestfulaging.com. You'll see more about this under the web courses tab. If you have any questions, just shoot me an email at zestfulaging at gmail.com. Thanks so much. And stay tuned next week for another interview with a fascinating and inspiring guest.